welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Are you excited to be in the house of God today? I'm so excited. I'm excited what God's doing already in this place. I'm excited for what He's doing in our hearts, you know. And uh, whether you've been a Christian maybe 70 years or so, won't step on that. Um, or if you are maybe new to faith and you're here today for one of the first times, um, I know that the Lord has a real plan and purpose for your life today. And He has an agenda for every single one of us in this room. And um, like was shared before by Rach, if you're here for the first time, we are just so ecstatic that you are here today. We are just so, so excited. And we thank you for taking the time and maybe even the risk to come out of your, your busy life to come and be with us here in church. But as much as we are excited that you're here, we know that God is even more thrilled that you're here with us today because he loves the church. You know, the church isn't a building, even though, by the way, your building is beautiful. How awesome is this renovation? This is like, you wouldn't even know there was a flood here a few months ago, right? You are so blessed. But we know that the church is not just the building. The church is you and I. We are the church, the people of God. And so if you're here today, I know that the Lord has a real intentional plan for your life if you would lean into what he wants to say to you or maybe has already been saying to you. Um, first of all, just before I get into the message, I just want to clarify, I'm definitely not a guest as well. I'm a part of your church family and you're part of my family. And um, one of the things I love about our church is that we are a church in many locations. So the same, you know, even though I was just in uh, Auckland um, with our City Point Church family just a few days ago, it's so awesome being a part of a church where you can walk into the building and still feel like you're at home. We have the same vision to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. And we want to see the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven come and prevail here on earth so that we can take more people from earth to heaven, right? So here we are, even though you might not see Jazz and my three boys and myself, maybe as regular as yourself, but I want to encourage you, you're my family and I'm a part of your family. And, um, you know, not that we have favorites because, you know, that's not really allowed, but if you were to ask my kids of our 10 City Point campuses, this may or may not be their favorite, um, particularly because of the half court of basketball outside. Um, not that we can probably have favorites, but if we were to, uh, North has a special place in our heart. And um, my wife and I are excited. We want to come back and be here for the Christmas production two weeks, two weekends time. So we're excited to be here and celebrate with the team and watch your awesome spectacular. Speaking of favorites, how awesome are your incredible pastors? Can we put our hands together? Let's honor Pastor Gray and Pastor Mel. You know, Jazz and I have known these guys for over 10 years, over nearly a third or quarter. I'm getting older now. No, probably close to a quarter these days of my life. But um. I just want to encourage you, you have got the most integral, God-fearing, people-loving. This couple, they don't just love you, they, they pray for your life, they pray for your families, they care for your well-being. And um, in this day and age, it's so important to have shepherds that are hearing the voice of God, not just hearing it, but actually being obedient and putting that into action and seeing this place be everything God's called this to be, not just so we can have an awesome church experience for an hour 20, more so because we... We've got a whole city right outside these four walls that need to encounter the love of Jesus Christ, like we were singing about this morning. And so I just really want to honor you guys because I know that sometimes we can become so familiar church. You know, we, we know our pastors, they let us into their worlds, but we can almost become like friends. But I just want to encourage you, as much as their heart is to be your friend and be your pastor and care for your well-being and see your soul encounter God, don't get so familiar with who you've got because you're actually really, really blessed. As someone that gets to visit a few churches, I'm like, you have world-class leaders in the building with you today. So one more time, can we just honor our parson leaders, Pastor Graham Mel, Jazz and I love you guys. We're thankful for your friendship. 
And um, let's get into it, hey? So how good's this theme been? November, For the One. Anyone love this theme? What an incredible theme, For the One. I love that we serve a God who's all-knowing, all-powerful. He's sovereign. He knows, you know, the grains on the, uh, on the beach. He knows um, the amount of hairs on your head. He sent his son Jesus to die for all of humanity, right? Six plus billion people, yet he cares about the one that he sent Jesus to earth because he cares about you and I. And I'm not sure where you're positioned here today, maybe your perception of Christ or you're in, in a journey in your relationship with Jesus, but I, I, might, I believe that maybe I've come here today and I'm not going to preach a message I've ever preached before. I felt like in lead up to this weekend, God gave me a specific word specifically for the people in this room for today. And so I pray that this is a fresh word for your life and your soul, because I believe that The Lord's intention is that we will walk out of this place today encouraged, edified in our faith, and grown in the things of God so that we can go be the church, so that we can actually be those ones that look for ones to see them come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so um, the title of our message, if you're taking notes today, is The Kingdom's Enneagram. Now, this is going to be a bit of a fun one today. Anyone thought you'd come to church and hear a really boring message? I'm sorry. Today's going to be a bit bit quirky, a bit different, but we're going to be talking about relationships today. And um, just a quick disclaimer, because I don't want to offend my wife. We love Enneagrams, by the way. Uh, we first met and we connected over our deep love for understanding personality research. So I'm sure many of us have heard of choleric, sanguine, melancholy, um, phlegmatic. But, you know, 15 years ago, there was only four personality types that psychologists, which I studied psychology for six years, would actually help people how to communicate with each other, and how to understand each other. Um, whereas now the Enneagram profile gives us nine different personality types, which is amazing. And the reason why I actually personally love this so much, and definitely my wife who sends me Enneagram little memes on a daily basis of like, oh, this is interesting, this is a little bit about yourself, um, is because, you know, I love it because not only is it learning who we are, but it's actually learning who other people are and their love language. Because if we want to convey a message or if we want to communicate, Our prayer is that we don't just communicate how we want to hear it, but we actually want to communicate in a way that people are understanding or receiving the love you're trying to give. There's no need trying to give someone a present if their love language is not gifts, but their love language is maybe quality time. So you can chuck them a Ferrari for all they care. They don't care about that. They just want a night of dinner with you to just sit and chat and be. Does anyone, can anyone relate to that? Right? So, but what does interest me is even though we each have a different personality and a different um, formation that God has given us naturally, I believe that there's also got to be a kingdom Enneagram, right? There's got to be a 10th guy, and that's what we're going to talk about today. For anyone that's an Enneagram hater, don't worry, I'm not getting in too deep on the Enneagram uh, research today. But we're going to talk about what it looks like as kingdom people, as you and I, as believers of Jesus Christ, as followers of Jesus Christ, what should our relationships look like? Do our relationships model kingdom living? When people encounter us, do they engage someone that relates with them in the same way that someone that who doesn't have the Spirit of God living inside of them, or do we actually relate on a really different level? The first thing I want to encourage us today is that all relationships were created, designed, and instituted by God Himself. Now, God obviously not only loves relationships, but He modeled this. Aren't you glad we serve a God who modeled relationship? So, obviously, we know God in heaven. He could have easily just said, you know what, Genesis 1 in the beginning, I'm going to create the heavens and the earth, and I'll do it all by myself, and that's my function, and I'm finished. But no, he chose to live in the Trinity. He chose to himself dwell in relationship with Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Secondly, then, he sends his son, Jesus, who also models relationships and says, you know what? I, I could save the world. I am Jesus Christ. I could literally die on a cross and save the world, 
But you know what? I'd rather do it in relationship. I'd rather do it with a group of disciples, a group of men, that together we're going to see this world change forevermore. But then furthermore, then again, when Jesus ascends to heaven, who knows, that was a cool day. He goes, yep, you know what? Smoke bomb, I'm out of here. Have a great life, guys. I'm up, I'm out, and I'm leaving you who? I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit, who once again models to us relationship. We know him as friend, right? We know him as counselor. We know him as advocate. He's, he's almost the greatest friend you'd ever want. You know, those friends that have got your back, that sent up with you, he lights your path, he helps you where to go. There's the kind of friends that you need in your life. In fact, let me read a, a passage of scripture really quickly to you. John 14, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and check this out, he will bring to your remembrance all that I've told you. You know those friends that bring things, I know my wife does this a lot, they bring things to the remembrance, they're like, I forgot those things I was meant to do, but you know, there she is, always there, help me remind me of the things to do. But maybe you've got those friends that's like, you know what, you forgot about this important date coming up, I'm just going to remind you that that's coming up. You know those kind of really good friends? That's the Holy Spirit. He actually is here to help us remind us of Jesus' teachings of how to live our life. How do we even relate as people? Because often in our relationships, we model it from TV or our work colleagues or maybe a fatherless generation who hasn't had someone model to them what healthy relationships look like, then we must go to the Word of God. We must go to what it looks like to live as relational beings because it's instituted by God. He, he wants us to have flourishing relationships in this place. He wants us to be a people group that when we walk out of these four walls and we continue to be the church on a Monday morning in the workplace or maybe in school environment or maybe you're a hairdresser in this place, whatever is your sphere that God has called you to be at the moment, we should be the most exceptional people when it comes to relationships, that we have healthy, thriving relationships with longevity. Why? Because we're filled with the Spirit of God who He Himself modeled healthy relationships. Now, I pray that this message is not at all going to condemn anyone here today, whether you're like, you know what, I'm actually juggling a bit of a relational uh, situation and I'm wanting to see a bit of rehabilitation or reconciliation in one of my relationships then maybe that's the reason why I'm here today on this exact day that you're in the exact room because the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you today how you can forge healthy relationships in this place. You know, you don't just find friends, we make friends. I love this. Pastor Mark says this often. Um, he has this funny saying. You might have, might have heard it. He says, you know, I can't, can't stand it when people come to church and they bag the church and go, I couldn't find any friends here. I wasn't very friendly. Couldn't find them. And his response to them is like, oh, did you not look under the seats? That's where we keep the friends. We just hide them under there and you've just got to look around and find them. Or if you're a young person here today, maybe like you've got your find my iPhone app, like, oh, where's the find my friend app at City Point? I couldn't find them. They, they weren't geotagged for me to just go pick them up and find a friend. No, no, no. We don't just find friends. We make friends. We forge friendships. So if we're going to be people of God that model Christ and model the, the the trilogy, like the, the Trinity, sorry, then it's like all of a sudden, if we're going to model this, then what does it look like for us? Because do we know how to forge lifelong friendships? Do we know how to exemplify an unconditional love that does not have strings attached? If you do something for me, I'll do it back for you. But if you cut me, I'll cut you. If you cancel me, I'm going to cancel. No, no, no. That's not the ways. That's not the kingdom perspective on healthy relationships. Because Jesus came to model to you and I, even when you make mistakes, even when you let me down, even when you deny me, even when you live in sin and do not represent me, I still love you. In fact, I'm so madly in love with you and proud of who you are 
And I'm going to actually testify that you are made in my image. Does anyone feel like sometimes it's like not even justifiable? Like, are you sure you want to call me made in your image? Because I'm not a good example of you, God, sometimes. There's definitely some things that I do in my life. I'm like, damn, I'm really falling short today. But that's the goodness of God. But the thing is, that's just not just the way God's designed to love and we're not to. No, no, no. Friends, I want to encourage you today, church, as we become in the likeness of Christ, as we mature in our faith, as the Bible tells us from infant to maturity, then all of a sudden we have the full authority and ability to walk in the nature of Christ. So what that means is, is when the world is unable to love, when the world does not carry the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, long-suffering, all these things, right? Of course they don't have the ability because they don't have this beautiful gift that we have the Spirit of God living in them. But we do, church. So you don't have to work hard to be love. You don't have to work hard to try and carry out long-suffering. No, no, it's a free gift. As a believer, as a Spirit-filled believer, you now have the fruit of the Spirit abiding in you. So it's, it's a question of how do we unleash these fruits, these um, examples of Jesus Christ in our lives. You know, just because God creates something, it doesn't mean we automatically inherit it. I'll give a few examples. So God created salvation, but it doesn't mean that we all have salvation. We have to what? We walk out our salvation. We have to choose Christ. God gave us the Bible. It doesn't mean that we're all theologians in this place. No, no, you get the choice to read the Word of God and put on the armor of God, right? God created worship. Even here today, you might have chosen to partake in worship, or you could have chosen to withhold your worship from God. But even though He's created it, it doesn't mean that you get to inherit it. You get the choice, right? Does that make, does that make sense to us today? So, so in worship, some of us can say, you know what? I'm actually in a really hard state at the moment. Things are not going so great in my life, but you know what? I'm going to choose, even in my hardship, even in my valley low moment, even in my circumstance, I will still choose to worship and lift up the name of Jesus in every season because he is worthy of my highest praise, King of kings and Lord of lords. Or you can choose to withhold your own worship unto the Lord. Yes, it was created by God for God, but it does not mean that we inherit it. And it's the same with our relationships. God has created friendship for our well-being. I believe he's created relationships for two reasons. One, because he knows that we need relationships. It's for our own good. He knows that we will have a better life if we're not living in isolation, right? Everyone knows weird things happen in isolation. People grow weird in isolation. Um, I love Pastor Mark. He says often, the Lord's looking for fruit, not nuts. And you get a bit nutty when you become a bit isolated. But the second reason that the Lord created relationships is because it enables us to model a Christ life. It enables us to, to actually have an opportunity to pour out generosity to another or to go without, to, to withhold from ourselves, to actually say, I'm actually going to choose someone else's benefit than my own. It helps us um, outwork selflessness. All these things, they only come through relationships. If you were to live an isolated life, you wouldn't have the opportunity to be generous to another. You wouldn't have the opportunity to model Christ and what selfless living looks like. But relationships is not only for our benefit, but it's actually that God would be glorified, that people may not be interested in the preaching I'm talking or the preaching you're talking on a Monday in your workplace, but when they see your relationships, when they see your, your marriage, when they see your family, when they see your friendships, they say, I don't care how much Ecclesiastes or wherever that book is he's talking about on a Thursday about, but, but I care about how he's living his life. I care about the fruit that's around his or her life because he seems to have longevity in his marriage. 
He seems to have friends that when he's going through hardships have got his back. He seems to have a family that actually cares about the next generation. That's what it means for us to have healthy relationships. It's actually probably the greatest tool of evangelism. You know, December's coming up, Christmas is coming up. Hence one of the reasons I've loved this as a church, you know, no matter what campus we're from, we're on the same journey together in the same series together of what it looks like for the one, for the one individual, for my life and for your life and for the, the lives of the lost today. I love that we're speaking to this right before we go into the Christmas season because it's a beautiful season. But for many ones, they don't have a family unit. They don't have relationships to sit around the dining table. They don't have these opportunities. So I want to encourage you today, who, who are your ones that you can model to in your workplace or your university or your friendship groups or your sporting groups, whatever may be your sphere or season of life at the moment? Who are those ones in your life, church, that are, are longing, whether they tell you this or not, they probably won't tell you this, but deep down they're longing for the truth. They're longing for a hope. They're longing for an answer that you and I carry. And sometimes preaching them down their throats is not going to do it. But modeling healthy relationships, being there when you said yes, make it a yes. Being that friend that's like, you know what, I, I know that you've maybe like dogged me a little bit or I, I heard the way you kind of gossiped a bit and that's not really how I li live my life. I'm not going to exclude you. Rather, like Jesus, I'm going to sit at the table with you because Jesus sat with sinners and Jesus was not excluding himself from those who needed the greatest love of all. What does it look like to live in kingdom relationships? You know, one of the things that um, I feel like I've been learning in this last couple of years is what it looks like to model forgiveness. Because Christ has forgiven us of so much, yet how easy is it for us to hold resentment? How easy is it for us to take the easy road and say, you know what, that guy stitched me up. I'm not going to forget that guy. I'm not going to forget that. When really the Holy Spirit's saying, no, 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 no. I want you to forgive quickly. I want you to be the first to go up and say, hey, let's reconcile this relationship. It's actually these tools, especially coming into the Christmas season, that's going to see the lost one. Often, people don't just come into church because they looked it up. And sometimes, because I know this church is an amazing church in this community, right? So people sometimes probably will look up City Point or local church and be like, whoa, what's this church with these awesome photos? I want to check this out. But to be honest, let's say honestly, it's probably a couple percentage that happens. Often people, even maybe yourself, you found yourself here today because a family member or a friend or a work colleague has invited you in. And what happens is that you have these people that come into this place, the house of God. You know, this isn't just a cute building with some dark lights and Christmas tree, um, you know, bedazzle happening here today. This is the house of God. This is where God dwells. The Bible says, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the spirit and there I am in their presence. So, you know, that's why we come into this place and we're excited. Not just because church is, you know, being a Christian one day a week. No, no, no. Please hear my heart. That's not what we're about. We're about being disciples of Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus Christ that have laid down our lives for the kingdom of God because he's been so good to us. But man, on a Sunday, it's a beautiful thing when we come and we share our faith, when we edify each other, when we lift each other up as the body of Christ. That, that's very foreign to an unbeliever. When they walk into this place and they're like, everyone seems kind of happy here. Everyone seems kind of themselves here. There's like a real peace here. People seem to like not be focused on their problems or talking bad about other people. What is, what is this place? Like all this, welcome to the house of God. This is where the spirit of God prevails. This is where healing takes place. This is a house where transformation takes place. This is a place that when we come and we lift our gaze, not on things on the earth, but we look up to God, that's where we see revolution take power in our lives, transformation in our lives. 
and it's very foreign to the world. Colossians verse 3, it says, be gentle and be ready and be quick to forgive. I'm just going to pause there for a moment. We're going to read a bit more in a sec. Church, are we, get, are we really good at being quick to forgive? I think sometimes we think, I'll, I'll forgive, but just give me a few days just to really, really feed on this hatred. And I'm going to put that picture on a wall with my darts and I'm going to throw it on for a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. God, give me till Thursday, Friday, and then I'll forgive her. But till then, I'm going to ravel in hatred, right? But hear the word of God, the teaching of the word of God for us. It says, actually, don't even just be a forgiver. Be, be quick to forgive. Be someone that like, even while you're being spat at or even while you're being accused or while you're, you know, maybe boss or colleague is throwing your name under the bus. Be like, you know what? Hey, I didn't love um, that meeting. That wasn't really fun for me. But I just want to let you know, um, even though you and I know that's not truth, that whole like weird conversation that just took place in front of my boss, I don't know if I've done anything to hurt you, but I just want to say if I have, I'm really sorry because the value on your life is incredible and you don't deserve to be mistreated. And so I'm not going to hold any resentment. I still think, you, you know, you're having those sort of conversations. That's foreign to the world. They're like, aren't you meant to spit on me or try to slash my tires when we get out of the workplace? Like, isn't this when you and I hate each other for the next three? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Like, should, we should actually catch up for, like, do you want to go out for a coffee one day? Like, all of a sudden it's like, who, is, what is this? It doesn't matter how much you try to preach that person's throat off. Like, it doesn't matter how much you try to prove the reality of God. But being someone that carries the Spirit of God and lives out the Bible in a relationship, man, that'll do the preaching for you. It says here, be gentle, be ready, be quick to forgive, never hold grudges. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Most of all, let love guide your life, that the whole church will stay together in perfect harmony. Let me read another passage. This one, challenge. you know the Bible's meant to be really encouraging, and until you get to a certain point, you're like, hang on a sec, that's challenging the heck out of me. First John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. How challenging is this church? If you're not sharing the love of Jesus, the Bible, it's not even charming, so don't blame me, don't blame Pastor Graham Mel. The Bible, hate the Bible for this one. The Bible says you do not know God. You know those people that say, oh, no, no, I don't really, I don't really do friendships. Like me and God, though, we are so tight. Like I hear him, like we have a clear channel of direction, like I'm so prophetic, I operate in healings, like I have the most amazing relationship with God. And you know, there's people who are like, wow, you, you're on like cloud 11, like you're, you seem to have this higher, deeper revelation than me. Um, you're like, oh, so like who, who are you discipling or who, who are your people then? Like obviously if you're so close with God, like you must, wow, you must pour out a lot of his love, you know? Oh no, I don't go to church. Oh, no, no, I don't, I don't, really, I don't really have friends. I, me, me and God are in the, in the quiet place, the closet. I have my prayer chair. And uh, that's where we just, you know, me and him, oh, my gosh, we just, oh. God's so good. We're, we're so good together. It's like, really? Because the Bible says if, if, if you're not loving anyone else, you don't know God. You actually are not modeling Christ at all. And this is a challenge for us because to love someone without strings attached, unconditional love, like the love of the Father has been given to us. It's not easy, church. It, can anyone relate? It, that can be tricky sometimes. But this is the call of God for every man and woman in this place. This is the call of God. And thank Jesus, we don't have to do this in our own strength. 
It's by the Spirit of God that enables us. That's when you, you know, when you see someone and you see them through the filter of potential and purpose and you're like, I just look at you and just think, you are an incredible man or woman. Like, I don't care about what you do. I'm not talking about your works. I'm just talking about who you are. You're amazing. The talents on your life, the, the way that you live your life is so phenomenal. That's not a natural thinking. That's the Spirit of God giving you that filter because that's how he sees every single one of us. And so when we start to live in the flesh or we start to have these flesh thoughts where we think negatively of people or we don't see them through their true potential and their great value, that they actually are a masterpiece, regardless of what people around them may say who they are. No, no, in God's perspective, they're a masterpiece. We should be quick to forgive. We should be quick to say, you know what? I just want to apologize. I really... I spoke about a month ago to you in a kind of like harsh way. Like I kind of reacted, like I was a bit tired. My kids were running me wild. And I was just, I don't know, I I kind of just acted negatively in the moment. I just don't want to apologize because like obviously you're like an heir to the king. Like you're you're royalty. You're you're a son of God. And your your value and your amazing creation that God has placed in your life and your gifts and your talents and just who you are. I'm just so, who was I to speak to you like in that way? That's so disrespectful. Hey, I just want to apologize. Like, are we good? You know, that should be such a normal conversation for us church because there will be moments in your life where you go, ah, once again, I've fallen short. Ah, whoops. That was not me operating the spirit of God. That was me just being old chart and flesh self for a moment. I'm going to be quick to quickly go up to someone and say, hey, can we just reconcile that? I, I'm so sorry for the way I spoke to you. That should be really common for us. And that's another awesome way for opportunity that we can reach our ones with purely the humility and love of Christ saying, because they're going to find that really foreign. They're like, hang on a sec. Did you just ask me to forgive you for something? Did, did you just say sorry? Like it's almost so weird, right? Because we live in a generation, a fatherless generation that haven't seen humility modeled. I don't know if you've looked on TikTok or the news lately, like people aren't modeling humility much in society it's quite the opposite. It's all like, look at me. This is what I do. This is my achievements. I'm in the rat race. I'll do whatever it takes. I don't care who I rip to get there. No, no. And then here we are saying, hey, I just want to apologize. Not, no, me, I'm awesome. No, more like, you're awesome. I see God all over your life. You're going to have an incredible future. It's almost like people don't know what to do. They're like, I feel awkward. Uh, this is weird. I haven't been told these nice things before. What's your motive? What's your agenda? It's like, oh, no, no, no agenda. Just... Just Christ's love coming out of you without having to force anything down someone's throat or theology. It's being a people of God that actually carry a kingdom relationship culture in our life, that the kingdom of God would actually become more prevalent than our flesh. I think that might be my son cheering for me at the back. I can't tell. Or whoever's baby that is, amen. God bless you. I appreciate that. You know, I actually believe there's um, a new wave of revival coming. I've been in a couple of churches um, in different countries to around the world this last couple of months. And it's amazing to me this thread that the Holy Spirit is doing in different cultures even and different church expressions from Pentecostal to Baptist to, you know, conservative, all different types. And there's this, anyone here, the word revival, it's almost like can become a, quite a cliche where it's like, oh, I've heard that before. But I really sense there's this new wave. It's almost like there's this rumbling. There's the, the embers of revival are starting up again where, And I believe it's not an old style. I think it's a new wave of revival, and it's going to look different to past revivals. Not that we dishonor past revivals. They're moves of God. That's incredible. I would never have anything to say negative against past revivals. But I believe the new revival that we are stepping into as the church, the body of Christ globally, it's starting with healthy relationships. 
it's not some big tent crusade and some preacher guy and a big band and the media. It's actually coming through healthy homes and healthy relationships. So we take ownership as a spirit-filled Christian and we say, like, actually, I just want to re-echo, I want to um, applaud your pastors again, that don't just talk about the love of Jesus, but open up their homes to physically, to truly the unloved in a season and says, oh, just like Christ welcomed you, you are welcome. Not just lip service, not like, oh, yeah, we love you. But no, no, modeling Christ's love, sacrificing so that Christ's love can prevail in a child's life for the rest of their life. This is the new wave of revival I believe that I'm seeing in different pockets of the world where God is prompting your heart, the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart and he's coming back to the core root of life. How are your relationships? How is your soul? How is your health? Because when we can actually start to focus on these little things, man, Sunday church is just an overflow of revival because we're coming to this place and we're like, oh, we're not here to just get from God or hopefully someone says something I really like when they preach and if they don't, I'm out of there and church is boring to me and I don't want to have to serve anybody. No, 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 you, you can't help but serve people when God's speaking to your heart Monday through to Saturday about his great love for people down the road that are probably coming in, like you might be in this building today, it's the first time you've ever walked into a church building and you're here today and we're so thrilled you're here. But imagine if you walked in and no one opened the front door. Imagine if you walked in and someone's like, nah, I probably won't sing today. You know, Rach's like, nah, I've got, I got a good excuse. I've got some kids. Ah, oh, I'll just keep it to myself. I'll just, I'll just sing, sing at home. But I won't, I won't offer my gift to serve the community, the people of God. Oh, no, I won't bother being a kid's, a kid's helper today. Those kids can just feed themselves. You know, they can, they can find their own way to the toilet. You know, imagine, imagine if that's what the church looked like, a body of selfish, self-consumed humans that literally came and sat on a seat and wanted to be served upon and then called that church. That's not the church. We, the people of God, we are the church. We're the hope of humanity. We're the embers of Christ on this earth who raised from the dead, lived up to eternity, and now says, you know what? You and the Holy Spirit, you got this thing. In fact, greater things will you do in my name than the things you've seen me do. That's pretty insane, church. That's, that's pretty... That's pretty actually like significant. That's world changing. That's history making. That's you and I today. That's what we're here doing today. We're coming together. We're edifying one another. We're growing in the word of God. We're being challenged in our faith. We're being encouraged in our faith. We're opening our heart to the spirit of God to come invade our lives that we can what? Walk out of this place to be the church, to reach the ones that are longing for the truth. If the worship team could come. I'm going to share this passage, Luke chapter 15. And to me, this is revival. This is the beginning of God doing a new move. You know, anyone remember COVID? Remember that thing called COVID? Oh my goodness. Well, it's been a fun few years. I'm sure many of us in this room would say, what an interesting two years. What a bit what of a, what a doozy. But you know what? I may, you know, no matter what comes our way, flood, whatever it could be, what the enemy intends for evil, God turns for good. And if literally COVID was simply enabling the church to get out of its mindset of church religion rather being enlightened by the Spirit of God that there would be this revival taking place in their life where they say, you know what, I'm just going to come back to basics and I'm actually going to learn how to be a great dad. I'm going to learn again now that this thing's called COVID and, you know, apparently I'm going to, you know, can't go out anywhere because that would be really bad. So since I am locked up, all good, not getting political by the way today, I'm not here to do that. But if I am going to be locked up for a season or if I'm not able to touch anyone for a season, 
Well, let's turn this thing to a good thing. And let's just say, you know what, God, teach me something today then. Teach me something this season. And maybe for some of you, it's actually like, well, you were religious attending church for 30 years. And now church is closed. It's literally online and it's pretty average. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I helped try to put the City Point online stuff together. It wasn't, it was, it was good enough, right? We got to see something, but it, we didn't get to be the church. We didn't get to lay hands on each other. We didn't get to actually grow together. We growed apart. But what that did, what God can use that the, the enemy intended for evil, I believe was this reawakening of, you know what? Well, if I'm going to reset my values, if I'm going to reevaluate my life, how do I live? What career do I have? What do I spend my money on? Why do I go to church? To me, it was actually a really healthy thing for the church because there's nothing wrong with questioning. God, God's not intimidated by our questions. And when we re-question and say, why do I go to church? Why do I, on a Sunday, at this time of the day, for an hour and a half, give up my own time that I could do my own thing to gather with other Christians, to lift up the name of Jesus that we know our society needs more than ever, to open up our hearts, to repent of ourselves and say, Lord God, come into this vessel again. Breathe on me afresh again. Let rivers of living water come upon my life. But it's not just because all those moments are incredible and the Word of God spoken is incredible. It's the people. It's you and I saying, there's probably someone in this room today. I want to encourage you, actually. I don't know if this is prophetic, but there's, there's probably people literally a few rows from you that are needing a word of encouragement today. Whether it's a prophetic word, maybe it's a word of knowledge. Could be, could be just simply like, hey, even in this moment, just, just pause where you are for a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, give me a word for someone today in this building, in my church family Maybe it's literally just $50. Maybe someone's going, I don't even need prayer. My health's good. I actually just need some money. Maybe for you, it's actually like, I, I just need to make the decision about my career pathway. I've got a few opportunities. And you're going to have someone in this church family that says, you know what? I didn't just come just to receive. I came today to be the church to give. And so I've just spent a bit of time praying. And the Holy Spirit has given me a mission today to walk three seats across the aisle to give in a word from heaven above that will literally change the trajectory of someone's life. But that, that's, what's, that's what's being the church is. That's why we're here to together today. And when we do this, man, it pleases the heart of God so much. He says, oh, that's my kids. That's, that's, some, that's, my, that's my body. That's my bride. All different, all unique, none, none exactly the same, all got different functions and strengths. But together, man, what a beautiful, powerful army it is to a world that's longing for true love. Not love with strings attached, not love that looks at people from the external and what they look like in their appearance, but love that says no matter who you are, what you've done, what your background is, God loves you so much. Luke chapter 15, it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them? And Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep, and loses one of them. Doesn't he then leave the 99 to open the country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls all of his friends, all the neighbors together and says, rejoice with me because I've found my one lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over the one sinner. Celebration in heaven over a sinner who repents 
more so than the 99 righteous folk who do not even need to repent. This is why we exist, church. Here's Jesus speaking to us. And he's talking to all the religious leaders, all the, almost like the pastors saying, yeah, you think you've got it all together. You think you know everything, right? But you know what? Actually, what it looks like to be a Christian is to sit with a sinner. It's to actually just be, not just talk to a sinner or just try to get them as a mission or like, I'm just here to save you. No, no, have a genuine relationship with the lost outside of the falls that we can share the love of Jesus it says that all of heaven, like, I don't know, anyone want heaven celebrating you and like backing you and cheering you on? It, here Jesus says, all of heaven celebrates more. It's actually more bias. It's quite interesting. He says, I tell you that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over the one sinner than the 99 religious that don't need to repent. Who's your one church? Who's that neighbor? Who's that person in your workplace? That one person? You know, I believe that none of us are positioned by accident. You're in that exact job, in that exact, and I'm not saying you love it. You might really be like, oh my gosh, I'm hating my work. But maybe you're actually there for a divine purpose. Maybe there's that one person that's wanting you to step out of your seat and go, you know what? I'm actually going to do something uncomfortable. I'm going to invite them to the Christmas production at my church on the 11th of December. And I God, I'm not, I can't bring salvation, but you can. And I'm just going to bring them into the house of God where I know my family will be there. My family will be prepared and ready with a a table set. The banquet is set that the sinner can come and sit at the table and encounter the love of Jesus. Who's your one church? Who is your one? Because heaven's ready, man. Heaven is ready to party. Heaven is ready to celebrate. You don't need to bring 10 you need to just bring one. We can't get them saved. My preaching cannot bring salvation. Our worship cannot bring the, it's not our worship that brings the healing. It's the power and the spirit of God when we worship, right? And it's the same with this show. You're going to bring them to Christmas. They're going to sit down. They're going to have a good time. They're going to laugh a bit. They're going to be like wowed by the music and everything that's put together as a package. But ultimately, you know that they're going to sense the spirit of God in this house because this is the house of God. And when the word is given at the end and when the salvation opportunity is given, God will move and pierce the hearts that he has called home. We could just stand to our feet. You know, as we're talking about relationships, just as I close, I believe that the greatest relationship you can have is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And for many of us in this room, even some of us are starting to pray right now um, under our breath on your behalf because we've been in this exact moment. We've been in a church environment and a church setting And this invitation that I'm about to give you has opened up for us in the past where we too lived a life without Jesus Christ. We too had a relationship with others, but not Him. But today, friend, I want to invite you today into the greatest relationship that you will ever have, and it's with Jesus Christ. And our God in heaven, the one true God, He sent His Son Jesus to earth to pay a horrific price, a death on a cross, and it was mortifying but he he died because of his love for humanity he died for you he died for me and the bible tells us that he 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 paid this horrific price this this great sacrifice but then he rose again from the dead three days later this is not a myth this is not a fairy tale this literally took place he rose from the dead and what happened was as he rose from the dead and as he started to live his life immediately People became free. You and I no longer had to, to work our way or kill an animal or do all these things, you know, back in the day to try to get in right standing with God. 
The price was already paid, so you don't have to do any works anymore. You just get to open up your heart and receive true love, that is Jesus Christ. And today, with every eye closed and every head bowed and the church praying right now for the one here today, friend, I want to encourage you, you are not a mistake. You are not a burden. You are not an error. You might have made mistakes. Like all of us in this room, you might make errors. But the love of Jesus Christ is more than your brain can physically comprehend. He loves you so much and he wants to call you his son or his daughter. He wants to invite you into the family of God. And we here are here because of the goodness of God. We here too also stand as people who are sinners, but the love of God has come and invaded our lives and taken our lives over that we now can call ourselves a, a Christian, a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm not gonna you know, force you. This is not a forceful moment in any way. And even God's not going to force himself on you. He, he's a gentleman here and he says, you know, you get the choice. You can live for yourself. You can live with your pain. Or you can walk a life of freedom, hope, joy, overflowing because of the love of Jesus Christ. And in fact, when you make that decision today, friend, as you make this decision, it's about to be the greatest decision of your life. Trust me, this whole room, a lot of us here can testify that this decision takes place and your whole life will be transformed. I'm not saying things will be perfect, but man, even in the hard times of life, you'll have perfect peace. Even when life is hard and things are complicated, you'll be full of joy because man cannot fulfill you. Money cannot fulfill you. Only God can fulfill your heart today, friend. So with every, every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to invite you in this moment. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, if you want to say, hey, child, and you know what? I've been living on my own for too long. I've been walking this life by myself. I want to open up my heart. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord, as my God, as my Savior. And I'm going to give you this opportunity now. I'm just going to ask you, you don't have to come out or the team aren't going to put a, you know, a bright spotlight on you. We're not, we're not here to embarrass you. We, we love you and we care for you. But we do want you to make a bold decision because we know this decision is an important decision. In fact, it's probably the most important decision you will ever make in your life. And it's the greatest decision to receive Jesus. So if that's you here today, whether this is the first time you've ever done this, or maybe for some of you here today, you're making a recommitment so that this is the last time you ever have to do this because this is a lifelong decision of being a follower of Jesus. Just lift your hand right now, friends, wherever you are, and I'm going to see your hand and acknowledge your hand. Awesome, young lady. I see your hand. God bless you. Is there anyone else here today? Awesome, sir. I see your hand at the back. Awesome, young lady. I see your hand at the back as well. Is there anyone else here today? Awesome, friend. Awesome, ma'am. I see your hand. God bless you. Awesome. Is there anyone else here today? Just lift it high to say, I want to receive Jesus. I want to receive Jesus today. Awesome. Wow. Four hands. Hey, church, can we just lift our eyes for a moment? Everyone just lift your, your eyes. Look, look towards me. Boy, we are so excited for you. 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 Man, we are so excited. That decision you made is the greatest decision of your life. All of heaven is celebrating. We're celebrating, but all of heaven is celebrating you right now. And we're going to just close in prayer if we can. We, we want to pray for you because we know that as you make this decision to open up your heart and to receive Jesus Christ, you become a brand new creation. You're about to become a brand new woman, a brand new man who once lived in his own fleshly lifestyle. But now you've opened up your heart to a loving God He's going to come and live in your heart and He wants to come and take over your whole life. He's going to change things about yourself. You're going to see things different. You're going to feel different and you're going to have a different future. You're going to be 
with us partying in heaven for the rest of your life. So it's a pretty good day. So why don't we pray right now? Father God, we thank you for your sons and your daughters here today. We thank you for our new family members that have just joined the family of Christ. And we thank you, God, that every sin, every mistake up to this moment, we thank you, Jesus Christ, for your sacrifice that you wash every sin, you wash every mistake, and you make their heart as white as snow. And I thank you, God, that these ones are disciples of Jesus Christ. As of today, these ones are Christians of the faith. These ones are followers of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that the old is gone, the new has come. They're a part of our family. They're a part of the kingdom of God. In your mighty name, we all said and celebrated and said, amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate church. Our new family members today.